next three weeks. Usually in my mind, after I kind of ask the Lord, okay, what do you want me to talk about? I'm like, I start thinking of something clever that we can call the series. And I was sharing this with Kenzie, and it was like, this, is, this series is going to be called the G-G-O-A-T, which is GOAT. What does GOAT stand for? Anybody know? Greatest of all time. But it's going to be the G-GOAT, the greatest gift of all time. Okay? So that's what it is. This is the greatest gift. This is the greatest gift. G- it, Jesus coming was the greatest gift of all time. So if you feel like I got nobody to give me presents, that's all right. You already got the greatest gift. Okay? So Christmas morning, don't be pouting. You got the greatest gift already. Okay? That's a word for all of us adult children. Okay? <laughs> no, because I do remember as a kid, there's that one gift that you never forget. And for me, it was uh, this electric scooter. Me and my sister got it, and we were waiting all night because we, we actually opened up at 12 midnight. But that was the greatest gift to me. And then the Lord's like, no, you got to check yourself. I am the greatest gift for you. So turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 18. If you don't got it, you can look up here. I'm going to be reading out of the New King James Version. It says like this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, that means engaged, before they came together, before they were married, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth the Son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's what the word Emmanuel means, God with us. Now, he's quoting Isaiah. Okay, we're going to get right into this. And look at Isaiah, if you want, turn your, turn your Bibles to Isaiah. He's quoting Isaiah, Isaiah 7, chapter 10. You see the quotes in your Bible, right, in Matthew? Because this is what he's quoting. Take a look. Moreover, the word of the Lord spoke again, Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in depth or in height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary man? Were you weary also God also? Or God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Here it is. Here's what we just read in Matthew. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel. What does that mean? God with us. Okay, 
This happened 740 years before the actual birth of Jesus. I want you to see how crazy this is. This is the prophecy that was spoken. And Ahaz, okay, Ahaz was the king of Judah. And at the time, okay, we all know that Jesus came through the line of David. There was a prophecy that had already been spoken. There's going to be a coming king that's going to come through this line. But at the time, Ahaz was the king of the people who Jesus would to come through. But the people were being attacked. So this king, so Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, who said, Behold, a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. You shall call him Jesus. Is, he is now speaking to the king who is being attacked and thinks, I'm going to be wiped off the face of the planet. And, the, and Isaiah says, go and give him a sign that he's going to be okay. So this guy, the king, he's freaked out. He's thinking, I'm done. So really, when he says, I'm not going to test the Lord and ask for a sign, he was actually already planning a way to save his butt. So the kings that were going to kill him, okay, he's like, I'm not going to ask for a sign. I already kind of did my own thing to get my escape plan. So he wasn't actually being spiritual by saying, I'm not going to ask the Lord for a sign. He, actually, contextually, he, was, he had already tried to make his own way. And Isaiah, the prophet, the messenger of God, comes and says, okay, you don't need to ask for a sign, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and be born, and his name shall be Jesus, and he'll save the world. What is he saying? How does this relate to us? How many times have you guys, like, you, you're doing something, and try to, we try to make our own way, and then the Lord says, listen, I already have the plan. I have a greater plan for you. This is what the prophet is telling Ahaz. He says, stop trying to make your own way. Here's the sign. You can't be wiped off the face of the earth, because if you were, then how could the how could Jesus come to the line of David, to the tribe of Judah? Okay, so I just wanted to give you guys the background on where, because we all hear that, behold, the virgin shall conceive. That was a prophecy that was given 740 years before it actually came to pass. Is that good? That's good. Okay, so Isaiah says, here's a sign, a virgin shall conceive. Now, Isaiah is saying, God has a greater plan. And now I want you to see this. Philippians 1.6, this is what it says, I'm sure of this. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Christ. Here's the greater plan for, for every single one of us. He has begun a good work. He will bring it to completion. You need to trust in the Lord and know that he, he's already given us the sign because he's conquered death. So that, that's the good news this morning. Okay, so he gives this famous verse, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. You'll call his name Emmanuel. This means God with us. I want us to look at that because here's a very important things. And now I'm just going to preach the gospel. This is the gospel. And this is what we believe. 
we believe in the virgin birth. Okay? And here, here's, as believers, this is why it's important to believe in the virgin birth. Because do you guys understand, today, there is a big battle against believing in the virgin birth. I don't know if you guys recognize that. A lot of people, are, they don't, they're not saying that Jesus was born of a virgin. But here, here's, here's the thing. Jesus, God, he can do anything. So why, even this, to conceive without a man, he is able to do this. But here's why it's important to believe in the virgin birth. Because the virgin birth boldly declares that Jesus is God. Okay, let's just review these scriptures. In chapter 1, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, For that which is conceived in her is of what? The Holy Spirit. Listen to me very, very carefully. Jesus was not conceived by a man. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. God took the egg and the womb of a woman, but he took the seed from himself. Okay, here's, here's why this is so, this, we need to catch this. Because sin is in the form of a seed. Sin is in the seed. And so, we understand that as children, we're born with a sin nature. Okay? We've talked about this. Look at all the kids running around. When they get to a certain age, you're like, where do they get that from? We did not teach them that. There's a, there's a sin nature that we're born with. Okay? And here's what the Bible says. Okay? It says in Exodus 25, it says that the iniquities of the fathers are passed down to the children to the third and fourth generation. The iniquities of the father. So, so I don't know if some of you moms are thinking this, but you're like, uh-huh, yep, the iniquities <laughs> of the father. I can see it now. Yep. Hey, but let me tell you this. You, hey, you're, you, hey, your father birthed you, so. <laughs> All right, we're even. But the iniquities of the father. But here's why this is so good, because there's a sin nature that's passed out. Because a man conceives. But here's what we need to understand about the virgin birth. Jesus didn't have a sin nature. The sin was not passed down to him, even though he was born of a woman. Because the seed coming from his father was God. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And do we realize we believe in the virgin birth? Do you realize that the same question that we're asking ourselves today, people were saying 2,000 years ago. Jesus said, who does everybody say that I am? In another passage, he says, who do the crowds say that I am? And people are saying the same thing today. Who is Jesus? Some say he's a good man. Jesus was a good man. Anybody ever hear that? They're talking to some, I mean, maybe not in Othello, but maybe you start going to other cities, right? And people start saying, well, yeah, Jesus, he was a good man. 
Or how about this one? He was a prophet. Jesus was a prophet. But let me tell you something. And a prophet was someone who brought the message of God, the divine message of God himself. They, they brought the message. But let me tell you, Jesus was not a prophet. He didn't just bring, he was, he was God with a message. He wasn't the messenger. He was God with the message. There's a big difference. And so, if you don't believe in the virgin birth, then you believe that God was, Jesus was simply human. But he wasn't. He was God. God himself, conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is what scripture says, okay? It says that we were born, we all know that we were born with corruptible seed. Corruptible seed, seed that is corrupted. But here's what 1 Peter says. It says, don't you know you were born again with incorruptible seed? Isn't that good news? That... You know, because how many times does the enemy, he'll try to tell us, you're just so evil, you're, you're just a failure, you keep trying to get over that thing, and you, you're just, God will never accept you. But when you give your life to Christ, when you accept him, the Holy Spirit, now there's something that's birthed in you that's incorruptible, this incorruptible seed. And so that is just beautiful. We believe in the virgin birth. It's so important. But we also believe that Jesus came in the flesh. Okay, I'm getting this from verse 23. If you read verse 23, it says, The virgin shall bear a child, and she will bear a son, and you will call his name Emmanuel. John 1.1, 1, 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning. Okay, so I know we're saying the birth of Jesus. He was there from the beginning. Because John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory. The glory of the one and only Father, uh, Son coming from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, we see the, the, the word becoming flesh. Look at 1 John 4, 2. It says, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming. And this might shock some of you, pay attention, and is now already in the world. 1900 years, some about that ago, the spirit of the Antichrist was already in the world. Okay, you may be thinking, okay, when is the Antichrist coming? We've heard of this. The spirit of the Antichrist has already been here. And has been posing the same question for thousands of thousands of years. Was Jesus just a good man and just a prophet? This was God himself. Okay, 2 John verse 7. This is what it says. For many deceivers 
have gone out in the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver and an antichrist. Jesus coming in the flesh, that is the message of Christmas. That God himself sent his son in the flesh to come and save us. So we believe in the virgin birth, but it's also we believe that Jesus, God, came in the flesh. And I want you to think, this is, I'm telling you, this is just the gospel. And some of you guys are like, I know this, I know this. It's so important to understand why, why, why this is so important, okay? That Jesus fully God and fully man on this earth. If he wasn't a man, if he was God, God if he was God, he, could, he couldn't die. So he had to become a man so that he can die, so that he can pay for our sins, so that we can be redeemed, so that there, we can have a way to commune with him, to be with him. That's the, that's the message of Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. So, this, this week, I don't know why I, th- I, thought about, I thought about this movie, but who's seen the movie The Passion? Okay? And you may be thinking, all right, what's like the message of Christmas? Here's the message of Christmas. God himself came. He didn't, he didn't send someone. He came himself. And like that, that movie, it's grueling. Like if you watch it, you're like, this t- it's tough to see. But that literally happened. That literally happened. Our God literally beaten, literally literally bruised gave himself bled for us and died so that we that we can be with him and he literally rose from the grave and conquered death so he had to die he had to pay for our sins he had to rise from the grave for us to be able to walk in this newness of life here's what Hebrews 2 Verse 14. And I, lo- I, love, I love what it says. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Here's what he's saying. You were held by the bondage by the power of death. And the only way you could break that is for him to die. Well, God, he's God. He can't die. Well, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to come. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us so we could see him, so he could atone our sin. And here's something I know for sure. Unless the Lord comes back before our time, every one of us will walk through that doorway of death. It's just, it, it's going to happen. But here, 
when I read this about how he conquered death, there is no more sting. There is no more sting. Over the last few years, there's been a lot of people, close family, people in our church who've passed away. How many of you guys have lost someone in the last few years who's close to you? And you can think about that, and it, it's heartbreaking. But our Savior, the one who not only, he, he actually doesn't just say this, he actually came and suffered. He, ident- he can feel what we feel because he's been through it. And God himself lost someone who was very close. The, his son, who was sent, suffered and died. And, some, and, and sometimes we think about this. Well, you know what? God knew Jesus was going to raise from the grave. Yeah, but we do too. People we're close with, we know that we're going to see him again. They're going to raise and be with Jesus. And it still hurts. But that's what Christmas is. Emmanuel, when you see, when you see this prophecy, God with us, he's near. He's not just a God who, who's far away and saying, I'm with you. Listen, he is close to us. Jesus, fully God, fully with us, became a human so he could redeem us. And here's, here's the last thing I want to say about Emmanuel. So a lot of theologians, they, they believe in it, that this refers to only Jesus' incarnate form here on earth. His 33 years, God with us. But here's what I believe. That the Holy Spirit took it to a whole other level. Look what, look what John 14, verse 16 says. It says, I'm going to pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper. Capital H. Anybody need some help sometimes? <laughs> that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth. And the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Now watch this. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. God through the Holy Spirit takes Emmanuel to a whole nother level. Not only is he with us, but now he's in us. 1 Corinthians 6.19, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Emmanuel. Let's, let's all just stand. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, I don't know if this, like, gets your spirit moving, but when I, when I start reading this, this passage, it's like, God with us, the holy God that we sing about. He said, I'm coming to you to redeem you. And here's the thing. I don't know if I was, I was reading a Christmas card this week, and if you send out Christmas cards, usually there's like a verse, a messianic prophecy about the virgin birth, about Jesus. But here, watch this. I want to see, I want to see if you catch this. Isaiah 9, 6. 
And this was what was on the card, the first part. It says, for unto us a child is born. We know that. But here's what the second part says. It says, and for the first part, for unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. Unto us a child is born, but unto us a son is given. Do you, as a human, he was born, but as the son of God, he was given. That's what Christmas is. That's what I pray you receive out of it. This the greatest gift ever that you don't need anything else. But if you know that God himself wants to dwell in you, wants to come near you and wants to be in you to change everything. It'll switch your entire perspective on everything in life. And so I just want to pray for us as we leave here this morning. And I pray that you would receive just this redemption and that as you go throughout the week, you would know that God didn't send a messenger. He came with the message.